As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. Sorry, in Atlanta, but my branches are worldwide. Forget the gaslight. I'm taking the spotlight. Bravo, bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Hooters McGee. I like that one. That's a, Yeah, that's a really good one. I want everybody to know out there that Steel does take time and effort to read pretty much all of these. I do. And figure out which one he wants to use, then forgets that he wants to use that one. I do. And then has to frantically figure out what he wants to do. And we'll usually just make one up on the spot. So we love it. No, he, Hooters McGee's real. I Yeah, I know. You didn't come up with that one. That's I too know. good. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I came up with so many over the years that I think I deserve a little bit more credit than that, but that's fine. That's fine. Sure. All right. Well, Steel is uh, officially one-upping me if you're watching on YouTube. He decided to go get pictures with his beautiful family, and I came over in gym shorts and a t-shirt. So, you know. I feel like I've been outdressed by you more so. I'm usually the one in shorts and a t-shirt when you come over, like, after work, and you're wearing, like, a polo and, like, jeans or khakis or something like that. So, I feel like I get out showing a lot. So, for our YouTubers, what's up, you beautiful Tubers? people? Our, our tubers, our two bros, <laughs> oh, God. our two bros, you get to enjoy a little steel... Real deal? Real deal steel. Thank you. Yeah, real steel. Uh, yeah, I got my swanky clothes on. We took some pictures down in the fancy part of the city. You know, down to Lancey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bo Deedle's here. Yeah. Now, Bo Deedle, see? This is Bo Deedle. He's, he's back in the 20s, see? <laughs> no, we actually heard Bo Deedle tonight, and woof. Yeah, the Deedler. He sounds exactly what you imagine. He looks exactly how you'd imagine. He sounds exactly how you'd imagine. And he 100% seems like a guy that Louis would do business with. So I still have not figured out who the actor is that played Mario in Super oh. Mario Brothers, as we talked about last oh, week. Don't bring it but, back up. I'm going to have to go well, through no, this okay. again. No, it's okay. It's all right. This episode's already going downhill. It's going down the drain. <laughs> this, is a, this is a rough, cold start for the boys. But look, I mean, we're here. We had to figure out something new. Try to cover all of our bases, make sure that we had enough content for both episodes. So a lot of you will be happy to hear we are diving into Martha's Vineyard this week. Yes. So that is actually where we're going to start eventually. But, you know, we got a couple of things to get to. Maybe some plugs. Oh, you're looking yeah. at me like... <laughs> no fucking idea what, what I was going to say. At me? Like, I don't know. You got some favorite word I gave you. The... I gave you the plug eyes. All right. I thought you were... <laughs> Such an idiot. Oh, wait, do you have a new segment planned? Like, oh, this no, is, I was cool. so excited to hear what you had to come up with. And uh, How chaotic uh, would that be? I just a, start a new segment without telling you at it's all. It's just a plug. We have business meetings. We talk about these things. Yeah, no, we don't. Let's start out with the plug. So we got our live show coming up July 26th in New York City at the City Winery. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, we are rapidly outselling Philadelphia. So get your tickets as soon as you can. We already sold out of premiere seats, which are like by the stage, but general admission is still great seats. You can see everything on the stage. The room is a decent size, but it's not massive. So everyone in the room's got a good spot. Dinner, drinks, the whole thing at the city winery. So make sure you get your tickets. Come hang out with us. We're announcing our guests soon. We got some really good ones. So get your tickets. I don't know what you're waiting for. Yeah. Go get them. Just go do it. Go get them. Just go online, nofilterlive.com. Get your ticket and come hang out with the bros. We want to see you guys. We want to interact. There's a meet and greet option as well. So come hang out with us. Buy your tickets ASAP. Any other plugs? 
No, I think that's it for now. All right, cool, cool. But as Shooter said, we did finally get into Martha's Vineyard, and I, for one, had a very good time. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching this show. How about you? Yeah, so did I. Um, it, it's amazing that we, obviously, we had a lot of content to cover, so it doesn't really surprise me that we didn't dig into this. Well, we watched it, but we didn't dig into it as far as kind of breaking it down on the episodes. But thoroughly enjoyed it. It seems like it has the workings of an early summer house, which is ideal. It's kind of weird because it's sort of in a chamber, if you will. It's 15 straight days rather than kind of like going back and forth weekend to weekend. Yes. But it has the same feel where you get people coming in and out like Shanice, who's there for, you know, a couple days, leaves, comes back. You get spouses, boyfriends, girlfriends, whoever else might be showing up. So it, it, there's a lot of fun components to it. And you can tell they're still feeling it out. But the majority of them seem like they're TV ready, which I think is usually the biggest holdback for these new shows. Either they come in too hot where they're trying to do too much for the camera, or they come in kind of uncomfortable and mm -hmm. it seems forced. This is a very comfortable crew. That's a good note. I, yeah, I and it is to be noted, of course, now note is now the word of the day, uh, to be noted that a lot of them do know each other already, but that a lot of times that doesn't translate to TV. So we got to give them props where props are due. I... I think standout stars so far for me. I really liked Amir pretty much since day one. Okay. I liked his demeanor. I liked the way that he goes about things. Um, uh, so Amir's, Amir's at the top of my list right now. Bottom of my list, I'm not even going to give you the second, third, fourth. Silas. Bottom of the list is Silas. Yep. Silas without Honestly, a doubt. Honestly, Silas and then Jasmine's a little above him. He is... Intolerable? He has worked his way further down. Jasmine has kind of stayed in that second to last spot. Yeah. Man, does he suck. And he's going to hold this show back. It's just so weird to see because it's almost like they have that Amanda and Kyle vibe where they're the married couple in the house. So they get the big room and they don't they get to dictate who comes into the house, how long they're going to stay, make a big deal about things. Except Kyle and Amanda were tolerable. Silas is an asshole. Silas took it upon himself to become the father of the house for some reason. I don't know why he gets the ability to dictate who enters and leaves the home. I don't know why he's in charge of everything. I don't know why he talks to people the way he does. I don't know why he talks to Jasmine the way he does his yep. wife. And we'll get into that this episode. But I would agree with the the bottom of my power rankings is for sure Silas. After this week, Jasmine kind of worked her way up a little bit. I think that Silas is holding her back. And I know they're freshly married. I, that's yeah, not I nice to say. I think it's really just, you know, not being cognizant of the fact that you're having sex in a house with 10 to 12 other people depending on the week or the day or rather whatever and you're going to be that loud like that's just bad form bad form it's bad form, bad form you know yeah. if you're going to do that in a house full of people just be courteous they, obviously they're going to know what's going on they'll hear the yeah you know they'll hear it but don't make don't add to it you don't have to make it obvious like yeah. there's a difference right if you hear like a thumping of a headboard you kind of giggle like huh, huh. Like someone's getting after know. it. See, that's the thing is, I don't know if I would giggle if it was the same thing every single night for 15 days in a row. No, no, no. no. Well, you're not letting me finish. I was going to say there's a difference between a banging headboard and audible moans and sex noises. Low hanging fruit when you say I'm not going to let you finish. <laughs> yeah, I really hold my tongue on that one. <laughs> like, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, don't just keep going. I can't help it. <laughs> We're off the fucking rails tonight. But I think at the top of my list. It's hard to say because I'm still feeling everybody out and it's a brand new cast. And I think the exciting thing for me is that it is a brand new cast, but it's people that I want to get to know more about. Right. And I haven't had that feeling. I liked Girlfriends in Paris. I'm bummed that more people didn't give that a chance. Yep. 
That was an all new cast. I liked that show. Soho, we loved, obviously. And this is the third one we've gotten where it's a new cast and it's a new premise. And the best way I can, I'm not going to pick a favorite cast member yet because I don't, ha- I don't have the, I just don't have a favorite yet. But I will say, given the recent performances of these newer shows, I'm optimistic more so than just cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I'm just wondering what they're going to do with it. I think that you can kind of expand a little bit. So obviously, like I said, they do 15 straight days, weird number moving forward. If you do get a good reception from this, if people do really watch this and they start to like these characters, you can kind of start to build something from the ground up here. Maybe you do sort of the same thing that you do in summer house and have them come every weekend, depending on where they're all located. It seems like they might be a little bit more Martha's vineyard different because the Hamptons, you can bop back and forth from New York. It's a three hour drive with traffic, right? Drive Martha's vineyard. You have to go by boat or plane, right? So you can't just like cruise. I'm just, in wondering, I'm just wondering if they're in Boston. I know the majority of them are located in Boston from what I saw. But I think there's a couple that are located in New York. They're, you know, other Connecticut, wherever they might be. So it does get a little tricky when you do that. But if you assure them a spot on a show that's going to be on Bravo, they will figure it out. At the end of the day, they'll figure it out. They're not going to figure it out. Bravo is going to figure out how to get them there. Exactly. That's not (laughs) not their job. Um, But yeah, so I think that. I think that everything's pointing in the right direction. I think it's entertaining. I think they have a good feel, and I think that they're handling themselves for the most part. Honestly, Silas is really the only dud of the group. I Everybody agree. else, I I agree with you completely, where I want to know more about what's going through, say, Alex's head. I want to know what's going through Summer's head. I want to know what's going through Jordan's head, whatever. Everybody brings something a little different to the table, mm-hmm. and I think they did a really good job. That's kind of a shout-out to Bravo, just kind of hand-picking these people because they all are a little different, but they have enough in common where they can still have fun together. I agree. I agree, and I, I will say dudes and chicks, everybody. This is one of the more attractive casts collectively I think I've seen on a show. Yeah. Just a note, and I think that we have a good season ahead of us. I think that we have a promising season ahead of us. We're going to recap this week's episode. You can expect a much more in-depth recap next week mm-hmm. when we get back into it, just because we kind of crammed a little bit to catch up. But the big things to note from this one, we start out, we're at the dinner, and last week we ended the episode with Jasmine starting to cry. We learned that she feels that she's missing out on the girlfriend aspect of her life, where she used to have friends and be able to talk to her friends and be comfortable with her friends, and she feels like she's lost that through marriage. Now, I could totally see that happening in any couple. Like, it happens. You get married or you get into a a committed relationship, and some things in your social life fall by the wayside. I get that. It happens, and it's, it's important to check yourself when it does. Now, when you're married to a dude like Silas, that's probably a much easier thing to happen because he's a controlling asshole. So, Yeah, no, that's a good point. You can kind of see the gears kind of turning in Jasmine's head in the fifth episode when she's talking to Jordan. And we know that Jordan was abstinent for a full year. They had a whole brunch planned and stuff for her. And everything that, at least from my perspective, everything, everything that Jasmine was saying to Jordan sounded differently coming from a married woman. She was talking about how, you know, you might be missing out on a relationship. You might want to get with this guy or that guy and kind of plan your life moving forward. And the way that Jordan received it was, you're a married woman, you're looking into my relationship or lack thereof saying, hey, you need to be with a man or otherwise you don't really know what you're doing. And when that information was presented back to Jasmine, that's how Jordan had received it. You can see Jasmine kind of 
look around like, why don't other women trust me? Like, what's going on here? I'm just trying to have a normal conversation. I'm trying to reach out. And for some reason, something's not clicking. So there's got to be something more there. And obviously, we've seen enough of Silas to understand that he is essentially controlling her life. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. You have a wife. Let her go be friends with friends. He just doesn't trust her at all. He comments on her on a short leash. Yeah. Doesn't want her to do this. Doesn't want her to do that. Doesn't want her to wear this or that. So he's just controlling every aspect of her life. And it's kind of bottling her up. So I like that in this moment, at least to start off the episode, she used it in a group setting. She didn't go to one person. She decided to tell the entire group. Now, obviously, the entire group is blindsided. Everyone's looking around like, what the fuck's going on? Why is this woman crying at the end of the table? Mm -hmm. Is everything okay? And she breaks down and everybody sort of understands it. I feel like everybody has her back in that moment. They do seem to. It's nice to see because we don't get that on other shows. And that was our biggest complaint with Summer House was Lindsay would bring up an issue and half the house hates Lindsay. Kyle might bring up an issue. Everybody or a couple people hate Kyle. Like there's no discord where everybody can just kind of rally behind one person. And in this moment, we saw that obviously aside from Silas, but it was nice to see. And it was a good change up. Yeah. And like Jason chimes in and I like Jason. I think Jason's close to the top for me because he's emotionally intelligent. He's not afraid to talk about things. And I like that. The next day, Shanice arrives and for better or worse, lover or hater, Shanice is a tornado that is made for reality TV. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to put it. And, and I touched on her a little bit before where she comes for a couple of days and leaves and comes back. She brings, like I said, she, they, she brings a completely different element to this house. Mm-hmm. You get somebody like Nick, who's very kind of like tidy and well-dressed, is kind of afraid to jump into the pool with all of his clothing on because it's too expensive. And then obviously we do see him jump into the pool a little bit later. But Shanice brings a completely different element where it allows other people to kind of grow when you have somebody in the house like that that's going to kind of take those risks, if you will, or just be that loose cannon. She's the wild card. Other people start to loosen up, and that's what you want in in a summer house show especially, but in any sort of entertaining show. No, I agree. And Shanice comes back, and uh, we find out that I think her and Alex had a little thing, and or at least it was leaning towards potentially having a thing. There's a rumor that comes out. I guess Shanice was with a guy, and once they broke up, he started to blast her on social media saying that she was a stalker and saying all these really lewd and lascivious, is that what it is? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Saying all these lewd things about her, pretty much claiming that she's crazy and that she was the problem. Alex Googled her, I guess, and Alex reads all this stuff, and now he feels some kind of way about it. So Shanice immediately... Takes that as disrespect from Alex, so she's now out on Alex. So they seem to have parted ways slightly towards the end of the episode. Shanice says that she's going to give him another chance. We'll see where that goes. Yeah, and I mean, I I think it's kind of interesting to see the dynamics of who wants to hook up with who. And you can see there's a lot of single people in this house. And like you said, they're pretty much all attractive. So it's interesting to see from episode to episode you'll see one person flirting with another person, flirting with another person, flirting with another person. And we get to see in, I think, the fifth episode, Alex and Summer start to kind of click on a different level where they're talking about meditation and their jobs and how they handle life and stress. And immediately, both of them start to think that the other person is more attractive. Mm -hmm. So Summer even drops out. She had originally said Amir was the most attractive. That's the person that she wanted to go after. And then she had that one little discussion with Alex. And then all of a sudden it was, well, you know what? I kind of like Alex. And it's funny to see because they're all pretty free about it. So I don't know. I'm into it. I know. I mean, I'm curious who's going to end up with who. And like, I'm sure it won't matter. They might end up together at the end of the season. And then, well, yeah, I mean, it's Bravo. So who the fuck knows what's going to happen? But anyway, 
Milo, I love Milo. I think Milo is a great addition. I think every any show like a summer house or a winter house should have a dog involved. I think that it adds a really that is fun, so surprising for me to hear from you. Interesting dining. Why? Well, you oh always yeah, complain about the dogs. I complain shows. about the poorly trained dogs. Milo, why I like Milo is because he adds this random dynamic, like. Out of nowhere, he can cause a fight in the house because he takes a shit on the carpet. That's true. Like yeah. it's just a it's point. a it's a wild card that you get that you really don't know who's going to get provoked, when they're going to get provoked, or why they're going to get provoked. And they get home, and the dog took a shit on the carpet. It's like the most mundane. Who cares? Well, I moment. do wonder if it wasn't Bria's dog. Say that it was Shanice's dog, or I I don't know. Name another person in the house, honestly. There's an issue between Bria and Silas that was stemming from Bria wanting to have her boyfriend from Germany come and spend the last, I think, full week there. But who cares? So hold on. Let's actually have this discussion. Because at first, when I heard that, I said, who gives a shit? Like, honestly, who cares? But they're only there for 15 days. So this guy from Germany is coming in and staying for a full week with one of the castmates. I get if you want to have your significant other there. I kind of disagree with the fact that you have a married couple in the house it's a little weird to do but that if they're doing the summer house vibe I, right you of, need that yeah. anchor i, I think but they then, were looking for the anchor. you have you have a boyfriend in the house for almost 50 percent of the time who's not a full castmate okay. so from a production standpoint i wouldn't really want that because i want bria to go mix it up with everybody else and she has a good rapport with amir and nick so you see that pretty much episode to episode, but that's really who she sticks to. Once her boyfriend shows up, all of a sudden she's just going to have those three people. That's she doesn't... the thing. In this episode, we see her continuing to interact with other people. She still gets turned up with Shanice. They still yeah. have a really good time. Like she's still I'm just fairly wondering, active. Like, the longevity of it. If you're really going to have your boyfriend there for most of the trip, are you going to do as much as you would without your boyfriend? Which there? is a fair thing to assume. Probably more about the but, relationship than the show. Correct. But also... Why I want him there for the entirety of it is simply because Silas doesn't want him there. And the fact that Silas thinks he can dictate who is in this house drives me crazy. And when the dog takes a shit, Silas calls a house meeting. So you don't need to have a house meeting for everything. Thank God Preston's there. Preston's like, we don't have to do this. Like you literally just walked by Bria's room. Her door's shut. You walked by her room to tell us about her dog taking a shit. Sometimes you just need to grow up and be an adult. Preston says that. It's a great fucking line. Don't. Or, or just pick up the pick up the shit. Yeah, who, cares? who cares? Like that's what I get it if you do it multiple times and you start to get annoyed by it. But one time, clearly he's not a dog guy. Let's no, just throw he's, that he's definitely there. not. Obviously, he, he's an annoying guy. So he's definitely not a dog guy. We're just gonna throw that out there. Who cares? But yeah, go right to Bria if you have a problem with the first time. If there was an issue, if the dog pooped in your room and it started to smell up your room, yeah. sure, whatever. But it's in a common room. It's not really near anybody. You don't have to make a big stink about this. <laughs> but you also don't have to call an entire house meeting. What are these people going to say to you? That's what I don't know. It's not their dog. They're going to oh say, oh, what God. do you want us to do? What if, you know, how they kicked off Phil and Mariah like early on in the season? What if they have a house meeting where they vote to just kick the dog out? <laughs> That's actually really funny. <laughs> we need to decide Milo's fate. All in favor, and everyone has to vote on whether or not just to get rid of the, the dog. The biggest twist would be actually, we're getting rid of Silas. Yeah, Silas. Asmin, you can stay. Yeah, flip it, or they open up the voting box. They do the voting thing because they also talked about whether or not significant others can stay more than three days, and they voted on it, and I think like six or seven of them voted they can only stay for a max of three days, and I don't think anything's going to come of it. I think that Simon's going to stay for the full week at this point. But everyone's getting ready to go out for a night. They got a girls' night and a boys' night juxtaposed to each other, so I enjoyed this night out. But before we get there, 
Silas says a lot of misogynistic, stupid things, and I've written them all down just so every time it happens, I don't miss one. He's talking to Jasmine. She's getting ready. He's like, oh, did you, you wearing that dress that I bought you? And he walks in the bathroom, and she's wearing a different dress. And he's like, ooh, where'd you get that dress? And he walks out. He goes, well, technically, I bought all these dresses for you. And just like struts off like he's the man. Like, yeah, I just need to say this so I can pretend my dick's big for about 20 seconds because I pay for all your shit because I'm the man. Like everything about him. Well, it's the same thing as when he was having sex and they pointed out that they were too loud. He couldn't have sex with her if she wasn't being loud. Right, right. He needs that gratification. He's a piece of shit. Interesting. He's a loser. Interesting. I like that. But they go out for this night and the ladies night, we don't really have much to talk about because they had a good time. And this is where I feel like we got to meet Jasmine a little bit more than we have because she starts out the night hot. She takes a shot and she's getting all jacked up. Like she's excited to be out with the girls. They're twerking on tables. They're like falling on the ground. Here's one thing that like I'm bummed as a dude, but we can't do. I mean, I guess we could. It just, it wouldn't know. I mean, kind of, but just listen to the whole thing. Obviously dudes can twerk. That's not what I'm saying. But when girls fall, I have actually tried. Yeah, Yeah, I actually have. Yeah. Yeah. If we're being honest. Cool. Um, Nah, you two bros, you're not going to see me twerk on this, but no, when a girl falls down, you can have a clumsy moment and fall down. If you land on all fours and you just hit a twerk and then get up, you can play it off. Yeah, that's true. I think as a dude, you don't have that luxury of like hitting the ground and then twerking real quick. So uh, someone's gonna be like, as soon as you lose balance and you hit the ground, you're done. Yeah, you're going to be made down. fun of for weeks to come. Right. If you throw a twerk on top, I think it'll make it worse. Whereas a girl could hit the floor and be like, twerk, twerk. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, you. So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys get a walk much? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm just little things. It's the little things. But. Well, ladies' night's a good time. The girls turned up, and that's that's what we wanted to see, especially for Jasmine. It's kind of like, this is how I wanted the night in Summer House, Summer House to go with Lindsay right. going out. Right. That's what we got with Jasmine. The girls actually showed her a good time. Like, hey, you haven't been out with us in a while? Let's get after it. And they did. Flash to the boys' night, and you've got Silas just running the dinner table and saying about how his routine is off. He's like, my routine's off because Jasmine makes me breakfast every day and I feel like I'm on routine mode and she's on vacation mode. And like, did you see what she did to the breakfast this morning? She burnt half of my breakfast sandwich. And it's like, dude, you're sitting at a table with a bunch of guys. They don't want to talk about this shit. One, two, do you hear yourself? You're upset make because her make breakfast when they go on vacation. Their routine too? is that she makes breakfast for I them. Get You're that really day, good. but like you go on a vacation. Do you expect your wife to cook for you every morning? Fuck no, absolutely. Well, I wasn't asking not. you. I'm asking this idiot. I'm saying to this idiot, oh, yeah. fuck no, absolutely not. Like, how could you sit there and say I don't understand how she's on vacation mode, bitch? You're in the Hamptons. Yeah. No, sorry, you're in the vineyard. You're in the vineyard. It's going to get confusing it with the two houses. Now. In the vineyard, you're in Martha's Vineyard for a 15 day vacation. No. She's not going to wake up and cook your dumbass breakfast every day, nor should she. Let her have a vacation, Silas. Clearly, this marriage is going to go a certain way. You're going to dictate when you're at home. So for this 15-day period, let your girl live. Also, isn't it nice to get out of a routine? That's what I would think. Isn't that what vacation is supposed to be? Like, hey, yeah, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. I don't have to be stuck in a regimented schedule. And Nick speaks up and he's like, well, hey, it sounds like you're saying, hey, where's my breakfast? Like, you have a problem with her just not cooking for you. And Jason speaks up and just says, like, you know, you need to relax and tries to talk to him on an emotional level. Silas is not an emotional guy. No. He's not in touch with his emotions. He doesn't know about his emotions. He thinks the old school, I'm a man, so I'm going to be a man. And if you're not a man, you're a woman and you're lesser than me the man yeah and jason's trying to talk to him about understanding and feelings and things and silas's response was exactly what i thought it was going to be but was still surprising to hear he's like you think too much when you talk to ladies 
If you think too much, if you think too much, you're not going to get any pussy. That's something that a guy that has not had a lot of sex in his life says things like that. Yeah. That's the kind of person that says stupid shit like that is guys that do not get laid. They're like, bro, if you want to get pussy, you got to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, oh, really? Because if you and Jason go out and it's like to see who can pick up more chicks, Jason wins 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Quality the, and quantity. He's got green eyes. He's a gorgeous man. Yeah. You're a misogynistic asshole. And arguably the least attractive guy in the house. So I would say definitely, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, the fact that he sits there and tells Jason how to he get... Just, I think he's just on his high horse at all times because he's married. and that's Is he married because he's not wearing his fucking wedding ring? It, good point. It's the first boys' night out and my man does not have his wedding ring that's on. His, but I think that speaks to your old school mentality where, yes, he's married, but he also still thinks that he's the man. So he's like, he can talk from a place of, I got the chick, I got the ultimate prize, I got married, you hear me having sex every night, she's having a great time, I'm having a great time, I can pull any chick that's here because I pulled her, and I don't need to prove it to you because I'm married. That's, that's the type of mentality that he has, and he can talk down to people who don't, and I feel that's what he's doing the entire time, and it's just super tiring, but I'm, I'm super thankful that we have people in this group, we have people on this show that will immediately just stand up at a table and yell at you and point out something that you're doing very stupidly. It's how you receive it, and he doesn't receive it well. He doesn't hear anything. No, it goes in one ear and out the other, and it's a really funny moment because some ladies send the guys some drinks, and there's a scene from a previous episode where Silas makes a big stink about the girls are going out, and they're like, well, what are the girls doing? They go out like, oh, we dance, we twerk, we get free drinks. And he's like, absolutely not. If you're married, free drinks are an absolute no. So as soon as the drinks come over, Silas is smiling. He's acting like he's going to take a drink. Alex stands over the table. He's like, you can't drink that. No, no, no. You can't drink that. You're the one that said married people can't accept free drinks. So yep. you absolutely can't drink that. And you can tell he still wants to. And then he kind of like laughs and like leans back. He's not going to. And that's when they find out the wedding ring is off. So that whole moment just like cultivated in this great scene of getting put in his place. By the way, if Dev goes out and some dudes buy her free drinks... Take the drinks. Yeah. It's a free drink. Just make sure you don't, you know, watch the bartender pour it so you can see what's in the drink. But Good take point. the drink. It's free. Absolutely. Get always. It. Always take the free drink. Always. As long as you can see where it came from. Yeah. Make sure you can it's see where it came huge from. huge caveat. Guys and girls out there. Yes. Just always, always know where your drink came from. But if you get a free drink, married, not married, whatever, take the fucking drink. Take the drink and then go back to your spouse. That's the best move. Say, yep. thanks, dude. And then walk back to your man. And like, have your guy give him a cheer. It's like, hey, thanks, bud. Thanks for picking up my tab. That's the move. <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with that. But regardless, it flashes to Silas, who's on his phone. And in that moment at the table, he's checking Jasmine's location. Like, give it a rest, buddy. Why do you get to? Uh, I just can't. I really he's can't. out of his routine. He's got to make yeah, sure that she's around. Got to make sure. Be out too late. Got to wake up early. Make me breakfast. <laughs> she's gonna sleep in again tomorrow better not be getting free drinks i don't want her hung over burn my damn sandwich in the morning <laughs> but they get back home and this is where things get a little interesting when they get home Bree and Shanice immediately go skinny dipping and they're like up on the table in their bikinis twerking and fast forward they're all kind of in the hot tub now this is where it gets a little muddied because they're all naked or not all of them but Shanice and Bria are naked for a little while mm -hmm. Bria at some point goes inside to cook a steak at midnight, at midnight. which I fuck I love that yeah, move. Absolutely. I I don't miss Late a lot. Snack. I don't miss a lot about drinking. Yeah. I miss moments like that where it's just like 
for no reason at like 2 a.m. and you're just like the perfect amount of drunk and you're like, oh, I'm going to make a steak right now. That's a great idea. <laughs> Nobody can tell me this is a bad idea because it's the best idea I've ever had. And then you wake up the next day, you ate two bites of a 30-ounce steak and it's sitting cold in the kitchen, not nearly cooked enough. And you're like, ooh. <laughs> Take miss with a grain of salt. I don't actually miss that. Right. But it's just like a, that was a funny moment. But the real issue starts when Bria realizes that Simon is in the hot tub with Shanice. Now, there's more people in the hot tub. Do I think that it's a bad look for him to be like doing a shot out of the bottle while a fully naked woman is standing right next to him and his girls in the house? Absolutely. That's a really bad look for you. Do I think that it warranted the reaction from Bria because we get even into the following day, she's trying to talk to everybody about this situation that happened last night. She walks outside the night of and is livid at Simon. She's livid at Shanice. She's trying to raise hell, cause a scene. She like storms off inside, asks Simon what the hell he was doing. When she wakes up the next day, she admittedly is like, everything's a blur, really. I don't remember a whole lot. She's still upset about this whole thing. But to me, watching for the entirety of the rest of this episode, it seemed to me like she was trying to create an issue where there really wasn't one. I don't think it was cool of him to do what he did. I think he probably should have bounced out of the hot tub, went inside, found Bria, and been like, hey, she's naked. Or just gone inside and like avoided the situation. But when she's trying to talk to everybody in the house, nobody's giving her the time of day. Nobody cares. Everyone's kind of like, yeah, that happened. I, but that's why I like this show because nobody really cares. Like you see Agreed, that on, yeah. on Summer House OG, everybody will go congregate in the room in Paige's room and go talk about it and then spin some crazy story that gets people even angrier. Good in point. this, everybody's just like, who cares? It's a non-issue. It doesn't matter. There were other people in the hot tub. Yes, should Simon have probably, you know, called it quits and gotten out maybe a couple minutes later. He probably also doesn't want to be trailing her like a puppy dog and going in like, oh, you're going to go cook a steak. Like, let me go after you and go do that. But if there's a naked woman also in the hot tub and then it gets to the point where it's like you and her and then maybe one other person, but you're kind of close to her. Should you be drinking at that point? Probably not. Get the fuck out of the hot tub. Go find your girlfriend or go talk to the guys. Like there are multiple options. There was that you a dude. Do there. I mean, he wasn't the only guy in the hot exactly. tub. Jason was in there too. My, here's the thing. It's not the best look. It's not, but it doesn't warrant the reaction of being mad about it all the next day. Look, Bria can be mad about it all she wants and she can give Simon shit for it because it was a bad move on his part. But to then bring it to other housemates and expect them to get all riled up with you and they don't care. Like, that's the one thing that we've noticed over these the first five or six days, however long they've been there, is that when issues like this pop up that really don't bother other people like the dog pooping like this, people just keep to themselves. They, they see it as a non-issue. They move on. They don't really want to talk about it. They don't want to harp on things, which I fucking love. I like, that's what that's every show point. needs. That's a really good point. We this... don't get stuck on one little thing and then run with it. Like, yes, there is an overlaying issue where Silas is an asshole to pretty much everybody in the house, including his wife. That is something that you can kind of sink your teeth into because that's a problem. This is not a problem. This is an instance that there was an issue in a relationship. Handle it amongst yourselves. Leave everybody else out of it. And move on. Absolutely. That's well said. And that's a good point. This this crew is quick to move on from issues, which gets us to the next issue, which I really appreciate. But to your point with Silas, once again, and this is pretty much going to be like the Silas episode, 
not only did he say some shit to Jasmine as she's getting ready to go out to this rosé day they're having, he's commenting on everything from what shoes she's wearing. He's commenting on what she looks good in. He's commenting on the fact that he's trying to have a conversation with her. Like, Are you going to shut the door? Like in the most condescending way. And she's like, no, I'm not going to shut the door. We're just having a conversation. Like everything is about him. Flash forward, they're taking a table outside. Now, if you and I are taking a table outside and I tried to stand there and mansplain to you how to take the said table out the door, you would instantly tell me to go fuck myself drop the table. table. Yeah, and you would probably not help me take the table yeah. out. Correct. So he's telling Jason how to pick up this table and get it through the door. Jason, understandably, is like, I know how to pick up a table. Can we just lift the goddamn table? Silas goes into a speech about, well, I was a platoon leader, and as a platoon leader, we went to the firing range. I had to make sure that everybody was lined up and doing what they had to do, so I had to explain things and break them down to their most basic form to make sure that's just who I am. This is how I explain things. That's not true, Silas. Not that you weren't a platoon leader, but that you explain this to everybody. You explain this to people you look down on. This is how you talk to people that you look down on. It's how you talk to Jasmine. It's how you talk to Jason because you think that he's feminine or something for being in touch with his feelings, right. even though he probably does way better with women than you ever have, whatever. That's an insecurity of your own that you need to address. But don't tell somebody how to pick up a fucking table, man. Like it's a pick up, move through door, place on grass, high five, five, high five. You don't even have to high five at that point. It's, I would high five you. For lifting a table and bringing it outside? And not it not like good. No, like it's a. You wouldn't high five me if you lifted up a table? How heavy is the table? Like decent. All right. Yeah, maybe. If it's a heavy table. And we right, you know like what? I don't want your bit. I don't want your high five. That table didn't look that heavy. Fuck your high five. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want your high five. <laughs> but the episode ends. Alex out of nowhere, like out of left field, just goes, Jordan, you're looking thick today. And while they're setting up dinner, I was like, whoa. And Jordan had the same reaction. He's like, I don't know if I am being objectified or complimented. And objectimented was birthed. And I love, love that. that word. And we I love creating words. I love creating words. I love the word objectimented. And I will objectiment you at some point tonight. I'm going to try. I'm going okay. to think of something to objectiment you. So works. just be ready. The last thing that we get from the episode is Shanice walking out onto the balcony as a big final fuck you to Bria because she walks out there topless with a glass of rosé and everyone's sitting at the table waiting for her to come down. She walks out to the balcony, looks down on everybody and says, I'm on my way without a top on, which is the most certified fuck you to Bria. Like, I don't care about your rules. I know you keep trying to make a big deal out of this. Here's my response. Yep. And this is going to be a fun summer. And to those of you that are listening, if you are not watching this show, we do highly recommend it. We have been two for two on show recommendations. One for two. I don't think people watch Real Girlfriends of Paris. No, but it was a good show. It was a good show, objectively speaking. Two for two on picking out good shows. One for two on successful shows. Because yes, Soho go. got renewed. That works. But Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. Check it out. You'll enjoy it. But that takes us to Hotlanta. And I need to 
preface this segment with a little something something. We've been getting a lot of comments on YouTube specifically about our lack of knowledge on previous Atlanta seasons. Now, for those of you that have listened to us for a while, we approach every single show the same exact way. The only shows that I had background on prior to starting the podcast were Vanderpump and Roni. The only shows that Shooter had were what? Summerhouse and Summerhouse and Jersey. Summerhouse and Jersey. We watched every single show brand new, fresh. We didn't go back and watch a ton of seasons. We would go back and watch things if we heard about you guys saying it in the comments. We'd go check things out. But this is part of the shtick. This is how we started the podcast. It's us giving you our candid, off-the-cuff takes of new shows we haven't seen before. We will get there. Eventually, we will get to the point where we know everybody. We know the histories. We know all the stuff we need to know. Due to our real-life jobs, due to that, we cannot. We simply don't have the time. I also think that the points that people are making are, well, this is just like what happened in season four between this person and this person. It's like, if we want to sit here for three and a half hours, we can talk about those things, <laughs> but we talk about things in the present. If there's something that happened a couple of weeks ago, or maybe at the end of last season that is relevant, we'll bring it up. But I'm not going to go digging into the archives to make a point unless it's a very serious point. And a lot of the stuff that we talk about, while it's important in the moment, is a little innocuous. We're just giving you our takes on it. So shut up. <laughs> Honestly. Most of most of the people listening right now enjoy us anyway, so I don't really care. You guys, I love you guys. You guys are great. Just keep doing what you're doing. To those naysayers, shh. Just shh. Just write it down. Just, yeah. But it's almost as though Bravo knew because they started out this episode. I actually let out an audible ha when I started this episode because it's like, previously on atlanta and it's like 2011 i was like oh shit like we do really this all crazy. the time you know <laughs> do this every week and we'll be caught up people stop yelling at us in the comments but it was actually really helpful because it did give me background that was the biggest the biggest issue seems to be your infatuation with marlo because everyone's like if you knew what marlo and candy do to each other you would have a different opinion we finally get to see back and like see some of the shit they've gone through and yeah it's pretty tumultuous, but I can guarantee you one thing. That will not shake Shooter from liking Marlo. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to change it. God, if anything, it's going to make me like her more. Yeah. So stop. So we get the fact that back in 2011, Candy questioned Marlo about where she gets her money from. And this has been an ongoing thing. There's rumors about her being a high-paid escort. There's rumors about her being accompanying older men and getting paid for it. There's a lot of rumors out there we don't really know. That I do know, we don't really know. That much I'm aware of. 2017 comes around. And now we got Marlo asking Candy if she's a lesbian. But we also got a good moment when Marlo's talking about her nephews coming to live with her and Candy's supportive of that. Flash to 2020. And this is why they showed this segment was to tee it up with Quentin. And in 2020, it shows the interactions that they had together on, on how it was handled after Quentin was shot. And from what I saw, and reading the text, I thought how Candy handled it was sufficient. I actually agree. That's really funny. You know, I, I, you could see me going the opposite direction on this one, but I was a couple of weeks ago. They showed a little snippet and I was on Marlo's side. But after getting the full breakdown, not even of the past, not even, you know, 2011, 2017, so on and so forth, just that little clip, which mm -hmm. was a little longer than we got a few weeks ago. I was on Candy's side. I thought she handled it fine. Yes, he worked for me. He wasn't currently working for me that during COVID. That was a COVID. big omission. Big omission a couple of weeks ago. That's huge to know. 
no, she has no idea who he is. Oh, that's that sucks. I'm really sorry. Okay, whatever. Brings it back up. I thought it looked like Candy just completely washed over the text message, didn't realize what was going on. No, she was letting Marlo talk, yeah. get through everything, and then again said, that really sucks. I'm sorry. Well, so I was fully on Candy's side after all of that. And then I was looking deeper into what Marlo was trying to get out of the conversation. And I fully agree. She was just trying to get something out of Candy. She felt like she owed her something because this man, her nephew, worked for... Was it cousin? It's her cousin. No, it's her nephew. Because Quentin worked for Candy. So she wanted a little bit more out of Candy. Maybe flowers or whatever that we hear later she in the episode. going back to flowers. It doesn't really make any flowers. sense. I thought, I thought Candy handled it fine. Do I have an issue? Now, we both can be correct. I thought she handled it fine. But I also do know that Candy dodges questions that might be harmful to her. Right. But it became very clear to me watching this that this was an avenue for Marlo to try to bring light to that specifically. It was right, just... Right, right. Yeah, it was a way for her to do that. I don't know, because she keeps saying, like, I didn't even know that I was so upset about it still. And I'm not saying that she can't still have feelings about it. I'm not saying that she can't address those feelings in a conversation with Candy. Mm -hmm. But how she goes about it is going to everybody else and trying to throw Candy under the bus and trying to rally them against Candy and force her to talk about her shit more. And look, should she talk about things on camera? Absolutely. Is this a good example? I don't think so. I, uh, see, that's where I kind of battle between the two because, first off, by the way, we were told that we don't watch this show. I'm not, I'm not sure if everybody listened to this, but I think after the second episode, Steele and I called that this entire season was going to be about Marlo and Candy with Quentin in the middle yeah. and the shooting. We called that, and it is. Yep. They wouldn't have brought us all the way back to 2010 and all this bullshit if this wasn't going to be the focal point of the season which it's going to be. So suck it. Everybody who said, we don't know what we're talking about. We know everything. Just kidding. Jesus. We know trends. Uh. We understand how trends work in these shows. But no, I, I kind of understand. I know we all know what she's going after. She just wants Candy to be held responsible for the things that affect her life that she doesn't want to talk about. Marlo has to deal with that all the time that we get to see later in the episode. Everybody just brings up Marlo's past all the time. But if you try to bring up Candy's past, God forbid, so she's not wrong. No, I, agree. I just think she's going about it the wrong way. But I, I understand what she's trying to do. So, yes, I can agree. Hand up. Marlo is wrong in this instance for her actions. But what she wants isn't really that drastic. No, but I, I agree with you there, too. I do agree that even in the few episodes I've seen, that's, that comes up every time. Mm -hmm. Every single time that Marlo tries to do anything good, bad, or otherwise, it does seem like the topic of conversation eventually will get to, well, yeah, remember when she slashed that girl's face? It's like, it's without fail. So I, I understand. Like she can't hide from it. It's, it. it's as if anything that she does when she's trying to go after anyone for the right reasons, even, that's what's going to be brought up. And it's just, it's tiring already. And we haven't watched all these seasons. Yeah. Yeah. But let's dive into the episode. Uh, up first, it's a scene with Marlo and she's explaining why she's upset with drew and she's this is where i'm like all right marlo well that's not really what happened she's like drew wouldn't let me talk it's like well i mean you kind of were both talking over one another i don't know if she wasn't letting you talk but you definitely got your words in when you stood up and screamed in her face and stormed out but this is where she brings up like the condolences again and we obviously just touched on it but she's just upset about the fact that there were no flowers and that candy ignored the whole thing entirely and sometimes you just have to act like mature adults which was a funny comment coming from marlo because yeah. there's many things i can call marlo 
Mature probably wouldn't be the word I would use. Yeah. But moving forward, Sonia's at her house and she's with her family. And we get kind of the fallout of the conversation that we saw previously where Ross is ready for mom and sister to move out of the house. And we also saw the sister not take that very well. The mom seems to get it. It goes to a confession with the mom. She's like, look, was I taken aback a little bit? Yeah. But at the same time, like, I do feel like it's time for me to spread my wings and like sail off into the sunset and enjoy my life. Right. So she understands where she's coming from. The sister is steadfast on you guys can't handle this without us. Now, the vibe I get from Sonia, I don't think she wants them to leave. I think this is a Ross centric move. I think he's like, I'm ready for them to get out. What I thought was interesting is the sister brings up the fact that I don't think Ross knows what we do here. And I don't know. I think that she might be right because Ross isn't there. I, I think she's right, too. And, and we touched on it last episode where we got a little more insight into what happens. And Sonia talks about, I think, in this episode, too, how she's on the road a lot. She might be in L.A. on Friday, New York on Sunday, Miami the next day. She's all over the place. Ross is back and forth between Austin and, and home, I believe. And the sister and mom kind of hold down the fort. It's nice that my kids can wake up in the morning and still be with family. Totally. And I fully understand that. And I, I agree with you entirely. I really don't think that Ross understands what they might be losing by having them both move out of the house. Yes, he wants his peace and quiet. Yes, he wants to feel like it's his house and not Sonya and her family's house, which I also understand. But he needs to weigh the pros and cons of what he might be losing. Now, look, do I think they're wealthy enough to pay a nanny to stay with them? Absolutely, they could do that. It's not family, but you might be able to get what you lose when you have the family kind of move out. And maybe it was a transition period, whatever. He could also just be doing a tactic, which is, hey, I want to start talking about this now. And I know that this is going to be mulled over for the next six to eight months. Uh, so let's just kind of do this right now rather than me do it when I'm actually ready. And then all of a sudden, it's six to eight months later, and I'm losing my mind. Okay. I am trying to get ahead of this, which I, look, as a guy, I can understand that because I've done that a couple different times. So not this exact instance, <laughs> but I understand how that works. So it, it really Shooter is- is known to set up breakups eight months into yeah, advance. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, honestly. Hey, we're dating. Uh, no, actually, uh, uh, six to eight months, uh, not going to work for me. Um, but no, I mean, I, more than anything, I just enjoy getting insight into- the families and how they work. And we get I, yeah. a lot of that on Atlanta between the spouses and just overall families. I mean, with Sonya's is great. And we get to kind of overanalyze these types of things. But this is such a nice break from the other things that are going on. And that's why I feel like Atlanta is such a good, well-rounded household. And I understand that people think that this is a down year, but we're still having a great this time. This is what we needed after Scandal, after Beverly Hills, after some really heavy shit. I needed some family moments. I needed some just light-hearted drama of the sister and the mom moving out of the house and like causing a little bit of a stir at home like that to me is a nice little reprieve and we need our reprieves here at the Brav Bros but the next scene's with Kenya Moore and she's opening up her hair care salon and I can't see it because it's all like ripped out to the studs but the space is amazing the ceilings are well, they give you the 60 feet they give you the rendering right but I'm just saying like when she's standing there talking about it I'm like oh I can see it and it looks amazing in my head. And yeah, the renderings, you're a dick. But um, <laughs> well, I can't visualize those types of things. Like when somebody gives me an empty room and says, here, I'm going to put this here. I'm going to put this here. I can see this. And I'm like, can't see shit, but good luck for you. Oh, see, I can. OK, so well, she was paying I need a... to start talking to you more. No, you don't. We talk yeah. way too much already as it is. Start hitting you up. And you moved it close to him. Like you're, you're too close. I need to get some art. So I'm going to hit you up in a little bit. 
You can probably help I can help you with that. I can help you with that. I can help you with that. See, I, so you with that. <laughs> I like helping people. For those of you who think that we're at odds and we start yelling at each other, no. Somebody did send us a message saying they were genuinely concerned after you after one of my rants. They're like, I just want to make sure Shooter's okay. I was like, he's fine. We've been doing this for 17 yeah, years. Good. Like I said before, we pick up on patterns and I'm picking up on patterns with Kenya. Her word choice is very specific with how she talks about people. She's talking about Marlo. Because she's talking about Marlo and what went down in Birmingham, and she says she attacked my child. Yep. She attacked my child. If I say that to you, somebody attacked Poppy, what do you picture? An actual attack. An actual attack. Who else describes things as she attacked me? Drew? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Same exact thing. Marlo yelling at me and getting overly emotional. She attacked me. She said attacked so many times. She says aggressive so many times. Aggressive, attacked. And then you have Kenya also saying attacked in relation to what Marlo and Drew were doing. Now she's saying attacked over here with what Marlo was doing at the door. Maybe she attacked the door. She, she, may, have atta- the door. she may have attacked Monetta with a door. Yeah, she, she did attack Monetta with a door. That's a possibility. I'll take that. <laughs> but this was not an attack of your child. It, it's just the drama is, you can kind of just gloss over it because well, it doesn't really. But those words, I mean, they're trigger words. Those are important Especially when you're talking words. to somebody who wasn't there. If you're talking to somebody who was there and you say, oh yeah, she was trying to attack. No, they'll shut you down right away and be like, no, she was just trying to kick your door, get you to wake up and come out so we can get some goddamn answers. If you're telling somebody who wasn't there, what are they going to think? They're going to think that Marlo broke down the door and went after your child. Yeah, tried to attack your kid. Yeah. And like that, But I've noticed that it's a theme. She continues to use certain words. And let's be honest, like those are loaded words. Like You can't say that willy-nilly. It paints a pretty bad picture. Mm-hmm. So I don't like that about Kenya. I told you I, I've had a crush on Kenya since Dancing with the Stars. But like I don't I don't vibe with that. I don't like that at all. She says, you know, Marlo plays the victim and then she instantly brings up what? Yeah. The felony of her cutting somebody's Always. face. And with the Marlo Candy Kenya thing, Marlo seems to be at odds with multiple women. I'm curious what's gonna take center stage. I am with you. I think that the shooting and Marlo and Candy is gonna be the the focal point of the season. Right. But it's almost like there's a backup, or it's like, oh, if you need to, we can we can pivot to. Well, Candy. I, it just seems like what's happening is the other friends of Candy, essentially, with Kenya being the forefront, are understanding that Marlo's going after Candy, so they're kind of immediately putting themselves behind Candy and putting themselves in the front lines to go against Marlo, and then we see Marlo kind of drumming up a little bit of support from other people. Yes, you know, you get Courtney's support. Does that really matter a whole lot? No. You can kind of see teams being formed, and I know it's kind of a tiring thing that we talk about in these shows, but it's important for something like this because we don't get one person just kind of going after a full group or going after the ringleader. We get an actual well-balanced fight, and I hope that we get that. I think that there's some makings in here that we might be able to see, but we, you know, time will tell. Time will tell, but the next scene is with Sheree at her house, and I loved this scene with her son and her grandchild and it was just so heartwarming and like she's so proud of her son like he's such a good dad he's involved like the the handprint on the thing made me tear up because poppy's here and i was like oh my god big softy she has an ornament with her handprint on it like (laughs) (laughs) it's just every loved child in the world yeah you know it's mine too beautiful thing it was a beautiful scene and it just I need these. I need these in between the shit. And I wish that Bravo would put more of it in. They've done a good job of it with Atlanta. We get these scenes. 
Martha's Vineyard did a good job of it. We get these scenes of like not just chaos. Like, right. I don't know when Bravo decided that we're just going to make everything dark and dramatic and upsetting. Like, it's all so serious all the time. Like, I want to see these people have hearts too, not just like pitchforks, like yeah. for fuck's sake. But we get a quick check in with Candy and Todd, and he's working on the movie still. Candy FaceTimes with Kenya, and they're talking about the shooting conversation again. And Kenya finally explains to Candy, like exactly what the issue that Marlo has. And it comes back to like flowers and condolences. She says that you didn't care enough that Quentin was shot. Candy replies, like he worked for me. He didn't work for me at the time. It wasn't like he was my employee that came into work, went home and got killed. He hadn't been employed there for months because of COVID. So like, that's where I was like, oh, well, that that does make a big difference. Because- well, and Kenya also slips in a detail that was not mentioned at all by Marlo's side, saying that I think it was something that happened between two employees that worked with you. And there was the other guy, the perpetrator who shot Quentin. Wor- she implies that the, the perpetrator was an employee of Candy's as well. No. Which Marlo never said. Mm-mm. Not once did she say that. She always steadfast on it was his roommate. It was his roommate. Had nothing to do with Kenny. He was a patron she, of the restaurant. Yeah, sure, whatever. I'm a patron of Buffalo Wild Wings. Doesn't mean I fucking work there, Kenya. But you eat a lot of B dubs. I don't know. I just it was the first <laughs> restaurant that I could think of. I don't know why. But slipping in little details now, whether or not I think it was malicious, if she wanted to kind of stir Candy up, or if it was just a slip of the tongue. Of course, it was. You think she it was? To okay, candy yeah. that's where I was leaning. But I'm trying to be unbiased here. What I can pinpoint about this crew thus far is like when there's an opportunity to stir the pot, stoke mm-hmm. the flame a little bit, they take those opportunities and they, like you said, it's little comments, it's little details, it's little notes. Like, oh yeah, like two employees. Like, oh no, that's not what was said. But a little shift in the narrative now you cause a lot more shit than actually saying what happened. Right. And you don't have to do the dirty work because you're saying that you heard it in passing, so you don't really know the story, but you can kind of slide in what you want to slide in. I think that was 100% intentional. And I think the funny thing also is this whole thing, especially with like Marlo and Drew, happened three weeks ago. Yeah. A lot of times we like to talk about timelines here. We're not really sure when it happened. But if you remember, Candy was not in Birmingham. That was really the only thing that happened in between that episode and the episode with Drew and Marlo. So Marlo and Candy haven't seen each other. In this type of show, I always expect, obviously, somebody that has history like Marlo and Candy do, that they want to talk about it immediately, which it seems like Marlo does. As soon as they get to that, I keep wanting to call it laser tag, defuse the bomb or drop the bomb or whatever thing. It looked awesome. I've never heard of that, but I want to do it. No, I want to do it too. But you get to see that Marlo immediately goes over and starts talking to her because she wants to try to not squash it, but address it. No, she and wants to cause a scene because she invites Drew over. Well, either to way, her. she still wants to address it because she doesn't. It, three weeks have passed. Multiple people have talked to Candy about what's going on. Multiple people have talked inside of each other. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to say what that. What the fuck? <laughs> Within their own group, I guess is probably where I was going with that one. But... <laughs> derailed good we gotta regroup no I, jesus it's fine multiple people fine. have talked within the group pertaining to candy and kenya about the situation and a new detail has shown up every single time they're trying to turn the story into something that makes it way more outlandish than what it was now obviously at the core it's a little weird to begin with yeah she would expect flowers and condolences and whatever 
when she got, and I'm sorry, you talked to her twice about it through text, in person, whatever. But I think that she wanted to address it as soon as she possibly could. And when you go three weeks without seeing somebody on a show that you're currently filming, it is a little weird. But you know behind the scenes that these things are being talked about and they're being spun and they're being changed. So I understand why she wanted to talk to her immediately. Yes, she did want to stir up some shit. But you got to talk to her face to face at that point. You can't let it well, go yeah, any further. Especially on the camera because timing's important. Yeah, so I agree with you there. But it comes down to the receipts as well. Like Candy breaks out her phone when they go out in the parking lot. And when Candy's reading through the texts, like the next day or a couple days after she had texted her about Quentin, she's texting Candy Yams, Mm -hmm. by the way. She's using nicknames in both texts. Even about the Quentin text, she entered it with Candy Yams. Then two days later, she texts her about Cameo. Yeah. Like, how do you sign? Like, if you haven't signed up yet, sign up. By the way, plug the bros are on Cameo. Do yourselves a favor. Sure are. Get us a Cameo. Use our code. Yeah. We <laughs> don't have a code, but you can get a Cameo from us. But anyway, she doesn't seem that upset about the whole thing. And no. that's where I really was like, okay. Because up until then, I'm still being sympathetic to the fact that, you know, and I will always be sympathetic to the fact that she did lose Quentin. Like, he was shot and killed. That is super sad. And there is a very good chance that she hasn't processed it entirely. I'm not saying that either. She could still be going through it and maybe something was unlocked or she's like, wow, I still haven't gotten over this. I'm not saying that that can't happen. Yeah, I think we were giving her the benefit of the doubt thinking that a new shooting happening at Candy's restaurant kind of drummed up some old feelings and that's where she was coming from. Sure. But now it is 100% clear that the only reason she's bringing this up is to try to take it. Yeah, because you look at the conversations they've had. You look at the fact that they've had good moments since then where they seem like everything's okay. So the timing of it is suspect to say the least. But inside of the restaurant, the funniest thing is because you pointed out how Courtney says hi to people. Oh, yeah. It's all I hear now. Do you see what I wrote? Hey, I wrote hey with Y's and they get bigger as it goes because that's how she says hi to people. And it is super annoying. More annoying person, Courtney or the bartender that kept coming over. Oh, um, taking a shot with them. At the end. How about the fact that Sonia said she never took a shot before? Yeah, that was interesting. Like, really? Ever? Yeah, Olympic you? athlete. But that's you know. my point. You win a gold medal and you're not going to go rip a shot afterwards. That, I wow. could be the alcoholic at me talking, but like that seems like <laughs> the best really moment, the best moment in the world. No, I feel like if anybody probably hasn't taken a shot, it's probably an Olympic athlete. No, it does. I mean, that I guess makes sense, but it's just at the same time, like you've never. Yeah, taken she's a few a years shot. removed from it, so you would think maybe it's a shot. Especially she's on a housewife show. It's Don't a they do shot. shots at the end of reunions. Has she been on Watch What Happens Live? Did she not done the the shot ski? Maybe she hasn't. Uh, maybe she maybe hasn't. She hasn't. So like, I got put we my foot in my mouth. That we're gonna yell, we're gonna yell that again. <laughs> But the Marlo, Drew, and Candy conversation, why? This is where I'm like, all right, Marlo just Why is Drew there? Why is Drew there? Why are you there? Is that what you were going to say? Yes. Okay, all right, cool. No, that's literally like what I was Makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. And the only thing we see Drew do is start to interrupt and try to insert herself in the conversation. It's like, no, no, they're, they're doing okay. They're not doing great, but they are hashing something out. You're just like interrupting the flow of whatever's going on, which is only going to make things worse and exacerbate things. So Mm -hmm. like you need to settle down, let these two get after it. She's a big baby. She's just, she's a big baby. She talks a big game. And then as soon as she's confronted with something, she backs down and starts cowering. She does. You could see that. And you could see Marlo and Candy were getting into it. 
Drew's just kind of like cowering away and like shifting away. You said a lot of this shit. A lot of the reason why there's so much animosity at this point is because you won't shut the hell up about it. You've been talking about it for three weeks to anybody that'll listen because you have nothing else going on in your life. Stop talking. But on the flip side, you see Mineta ready to jump from the table oh, yeah. to go over to Candy's defense. Yeah. And it, everyone needs to stay out of it. Marlo and Candy need to hash this thing out. They need to get to the bottom of whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, I, I get it. I I think that it would have worked, honestly, for the narrative of Marlo if Candy did pop off. Because then all of a sudden, you can't bring up 23 years ago me slashing a girl in the face. Yeah, but you just put, tried to punch me tonight. She didn't, though. Oh, and that's yeah, what well, Candy recognizes Like as she's walking out. She's like, I can't be around her. She brings out this like bad person. She brings out a person that I don't really want to be. And look, in this scenario, I'm Team Candy. I'm Team Candy, definitely, and I I like Marlo, and I'm sure I'm we'll Team get shit Figure for that. it the hell out. Figure it out, or just and stay the hell you know, away. You know Drew. what? You know what? I am. I'm Team. Just just move on. Just don't talk to each other anymore. I don't. I'm not actually ready, which is kind of funny because we talk about this a lot. But I'm really not really. I'm not ready to move on. There's not even a hint of a resolution. There's not even a hint of anything deeper because we've been watching people talk about it for weeks and weeks. We're finally seeing the two people that are involved actually discuss it yes did it get heated yes did people start to freak out yes was there almost blows to be had yes marlo did keep her hands behind her back the entire time which i love but she was also throwing elbows well it's okay she, she was, got she her was hands behind her back out with elbows stuff, but it's, it's not the same thing yeah, sharpen up those bows and get the paint and just start jabbing <laughs> away you know throwing bows that's dude fine. that's all I'm that's how you clear a pathway just saying she's throwing bows i that's get it i get it but we're finally seeing them actually discuss it and we're seeing the two of them face off, get emotional. Maybe we'll actually get a real reason as to why Marlo has this vendetta against Candy. It can't just be that Candy never gets to talk about everything. Yes, maybe if you boil it down, it comes down to my past gets brought up all the time. Candy never has to talk about anything that actually implicates her with anything negative ever. I think that, that might be genu- it. That I, might I be it, but I'm assuming there's a little bit more. I just want a little bit more. I'm, I'm okay to move on in like a week or two. I, but right now, I think it's it's too fresh, and we're actually getting some action. So uh, I don't want to move whoa, on. Yet. When I say move on, I don't say move on. I'm tired of this. I say move on. Like you two just don't see eye to eye. You haven't seen eye to eye. I don't think you're gonna come to terms. Like just move on. I don't think they'll come to terms life. either. I just want to get a little more information. No, no. I'm uh, never mind. We agree. We we agree. Okay. Cool. Yay. No, stop. <laughs> but that's where we get the receipts from Candy's phone. We already talked about it. But the interesting thing here is. While they're outside, Drew gets real tough when there's no one there to be tough to. Yep. She's outside saying that she's ready for it. She's ready to go, whatever. She's also calling Marlo a hoe trick, which is going to get back to her. And I can't imagine that's going to go over well, especially considering there's already rumors about her out there. So now Drew's out in the parking lot talking shit about Marlo. For no real, like, Drew, again, you're not really involved. Like, that moment that you had with Marlo can be chalked up to a Marlo got triggered because of this and popped off. Like, it can be simply that. Instead, you're turning it into a storyline, honestly. Think about that moment, too. Drew didn't sympathize with Marlo at all. She also didn't ask her to elaborate. She just kept spinning this... What are you talking about? I don't even know what's going on. I have no idea. Don't say shooting in Chicago. Like everybody, everybody, everybody on the cast was like, "That's not a thing." Yeah, no, that's not a thing. Like Drew's perpetuating something that's just simply not true. Yeah, which she's done multiple times and doubled down and tripled down. And you know, we don't know. We're not from Chicago, but 
all these women seem to think that like that's not a real thing that people don't say shooting because it perpetuates more shootings. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think so. And the last thing I want to point out, and just kind of ties into Drew spouting off whatever the fuck she wants. Kenny is out there as well, again, using certain words. Yep. She was aggressive. Drew uses the same thing. She was aggressive. Look, was she throwing some bows? Yeah, she wasn't actually throwing elbows. She was just walking with the elbows out, bumping into some people. I don't think it's fair to call anybody aggressive when everybody's getting into it a little bit. We've seen this a thousand times on a thousand different shows. Things get escalated. Things get emotional. Aggressive is not the right word to use. It's no. just an emotional moment. It's an argument. But overall, for me, again, like I enjoyed this episode. I thought it was good TV. I thought we had some some wholesome moments I really enjoyed. We had some good fights. We had some good banter, some good back and forth, and we got drama. We've got a, a storyline in the making that we're intrigued with. Like yep. All this stuff is stuff that we look for in a show. Now, is it not as good as the previous seasons? Maybe. Maybe. It's a good season for what? us. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good season for us, one. And two, guess what? Every show that we've watched, we've had a lot of people say, oh, if you'd watched this show back when it started, it was great. I'm sure it was. Well, we look, didn't we can just start. put this up against the other shows that have aired in the last season. Right now, this is probably the best Housewives franchise. That's what we think. Like, it has to be. Jersey was a dud. Beverly Jersey's Hills was dud. a dud. Dud. And it was 60 episodes Salt long. Lake City sucked. Horrible. So if you're going to sit here and tell me that watching this show has been less enjoyable than those shows, maybe in comparison to previous Atlanta seasons. Okay, I'll give you that. We don't know. But as far as what we've seen over the past year and a half, this is the cream of the crop. It's great. It's yeah. a fucking good show. So just enjoy it. Enjoy it and leave us alone. <laughs> We're just trying <laughs> to watch a fucking TV show and, and talk about it. And talk about it. And our comments are running rampant. But anyway, that's all we got for this week. Let's get to the questions. From Andre Drew One, if Marlo brought up the issue with Candy earlier and off camera, would it be an issue? Um, hmm. maybe I, I don't think so. Honestly, I, I think the way that Candy operates, she'd rather things like this not show up on TV. Correct. So I think they may have handled it in some sort of way. I don't think there would be a resolution still. But oh, see, I disagree. You think that she would resolve the issue? I don't know if there's, that's the thing. Like, what do you resolve? I don't think there's, I think that it's hard to say that because I don't think there's a, an area to be resolved in my opinion. I think she did enough, but I think she would have gotten more out of her. Well, I think there's conflicting agendas here where Marlo does want Candy to talk about things on, on TV camera. Right, right. and Candy does not. So yes, yes maybe they would have gotten somewhere, but I still think the Marlo would have brought it up on camera. Yeah. So Andre, I think that the biggest point to focus on here is that it was only brought up on camera for Marlo to use. I don't think Marlo is actually as upset about it as it appears. From Isaac R. King, your opinion on Sheree this season? I like Sheree. Yeah, I, I think I like Sheree's Sheree nice. A lot. She's she's like middle of the road, kind of gets along with everybody. Sans Drew. And we're not getting a whole lot of information about her fashion line. And I feel like that's been a focal point for the last couple of seasons. So it's nice to see her on a clean slate and just kind of moving on. Yeah, I agree. And like, dude, I know that she gets into it with other ladies. I know that she's not clean all the time. But for right now, she seems to be riding this line between Marlo, Kenya, Candy, and just letting those three cause the problems. And then you get like the randos in there, Courtney and 
Drew, who are just kind of running around stirring this giant pot, which is interesting. And again, good fucking TV. Do we answer your question? I don't know. I think so. Oh, all right. I'll ask this one to you from Jen Suarez 76. Whose side are you on? Marlo or Candy Kenya? You specifically. Me specifically? Oh, God. Really pulling it. I, I, right now, after that episode, I'm on Candy's side, not Kenya's side. Kenny doesn't really count because she's not actually involved. She's just talking. I'm on Candy's side right now. Well, I mean, Kenya has her own issues with Marlo. Yeah, but it's irrelevant to the situation, I think. Okay, so between Candy... All right, let me break it down. Candy versus Marlo, your team Candy. Yes. Kenya versus Marlo. Marlo. Hey. <laughs> All day. True to the Marlo stand. And the last one from Coconut. So thanks for calling out Courtney Screams. She's very extra when the camera rolls. Yeah. Not a question. I, uh, a the funny thing is, I don't think that she's extra when the camera rolls. I bet you she's like that all the time. Oh, for without a, a doubt. A thousand percent. Yes, I get that. We, Which, can, we can smell a camera person a mile away at this point. Totally. She's not. She's not. She's, she's not. like that. And you know what? Credit to her. And true to herself. she's true to herself. <laughs> so is it annoying? Yes. Do I give her props for continuing to be her? 1,000%. Oh, yeah. But that's all we got this week. Um, remember to buy tickets to our live show July 26th in New York City at the City Winery. Don't forget to follow us on our socials, Instagram at Bravo underscore bros, Twitter Bravo underscore bros, TikTok Bravo underscore bros, and YouTube Bravo Bros Podcast. Hit that subscribe button, baby. We're trying to Woo! get them YouTube numbies up. Get them up. We need more tube bros. <laughs> tube bros. But uh, you got anything else? Nope. All right. Well, we will see you on Friday. Friday. Yep. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A -A, on your podcast app.